And I want to encourage us tonight because I want you to walk away tonight with this, this main reality. That if I can think properly, if I can align proper thinking in my life, then I will be able to love God with all my mind, with all that proper thinking. If I can align, you say, well, then Pastor John, I guess the question is, how do I arrive at proper thinking? I'm glad you asked because that's what's going to be the next 15 minutes of what we have together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for the reality of scripture, Father, and the difference it can make in our life. I pray, Father, that you would guide us uh, this evening, guide my thoughts. May your spirit do the work in every listener. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want you to take a few seconds here and just gather yourself. What we're going to talk about in the next few moments is something that for all eternity matters. I hope you understand that tonight as we gather here on this Sunday in the city of Palmview, Texas, that what we are talking about has eternal consequence. We are not here fulfilling a religious duty or just a set of rituals. We're not here to just do some sort of activity we are here doing something that has eternal consequence. And your mind plays a pivotal role in the realities of which we're going to talk about. And tonight I want to encourage you in regards to that. Because I believe that when it comes to loving God with proper thinking, there is no greater danger in our generation than the reality that we have decided as a world that thinking is not important. Do you realize that in our world... Um, we have had to adjust testing. We've had to adjust uh, and modify education systems because we know, do you realize that uh, 40 years ago, you would take um, Greek and Latin, you, you would take all sort of advanced courses, not in college, but like in ninth grade and 10th grade, but, but we have adapted all of that. And the danger to that is not just solely academic. This is a danger because when it comes to loving God, your mind plays a pivotal role. And I understand and I believe that there's a place for our little electronic games, one of which we're going to give away tonight. I'm so excited about that. I, put my, I think my name's in there. So by the way, if I win the PS4, I hope. Um, um, let's have a word of prayer. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but I'm all about having this proper place. But you understand that it, as that's taking place, scientifically it's proven that your mind is not growing the same way as if you were taking a book or you were learning a material or you were studying history or you were taking the word of God and saturating your mind. There is limitations that take place within that world. And unfortunately in our generation, it's not a, a leisure activity we put on the side. I remember, and I'm not going to name names or, or point fingers, but I remember there are certain uh, realities that I believe are, are real. Uh, 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 if you uh, get a report, how many of you have an Xbox? How many of you get an, have an Xbox? Let me see. Raise your hands. Come on. Confession time. All right. How many of you have a PS3, PS4, something like that? All right. How many of you have either one? Raise your hand. I mean, you have either have Xbox or PS4. All right. Nintendo. Keep it raised. Keep it raised. Nintendo. How many of you play games on your phone? Raise your hand. Everybody who doesn't have their hand raised is lying in God's house. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but if you were to do a statistic and you were to look at your week, I would dare say that during the pandemic, some of us would have heart attacks as to how many hours you were on those screens. We're not talking five or seven hours in a week. We're talking 35, 40, 45 hours in a week. If you get that report in your email, you would see there, they would say, this person spent so much time. You get on your iPhone, you get that weekly report. Your, your, your usage went up from three hours to four hours. For you guys, it's from 14 hours to 27 hours, right? But our mind is a battleground. 
And here's the important thing that I want us to walk away with this evening, is that the reality is, is that thinking is so important when it comes to loving God, because our mind plays a pivotal role, because as we pursue God with our heart, with our passion, as we pursue God with our soul, with our complete person, I want us to understand that the driving force and the place where is so important is our mind. You see, the battlefield of the mind is one of the greatest uh, areas of great deficiency within Christians today and within people in general. So I want to challenge you tonight, young person. I want to challenge you in a loving way. I want to challenge you in a righteous way because I believe that when it comes to loving God with proper thinking, it's important. It's found in Scripture. It's part of that one great commandment. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. The mind, loving God with proper thinking. How do I arrive at proper thinking? Well, first of all, go with me to John uh, chapter 17. John chapter 17. How do I arrive at that proper thinking? John 17 says the following. And we're going to go through a couple of these verses real quick. So if you don't get there quickly, don't worry about it. Just listen with your ears intently. It says this in John 17 and verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. God says that his word is truth, and his word is what gives us proper thinking. It is his word. So tonight, I want to say that we love God with proper thinking by a perfect word, by a perfect word. You see, tonight, I don't have a gathering of ideas and thoughts that some 40 men thought of. No, this is the mind of God written down on paper to the extent that we can understand it. This is the mind of God. This is everything that God wanted to re reveal to mankind on this side of eternity of how God thinks and what our mind should think the way God thinks. This is what we have. And so therefore, tonight, young person, I want to encourage you to, when you comes to loving God, there needs to be the perfect word in your life. Go with me to Psalm 19. Look at what it says in Psalm 19. Psalm 19 is a powerful psalm. I wish we could read all of it. If you get home, that's a homework assignment I'll give you but psalm 19 and verse number seven it says this thy law of the law of the lord is perfect converting the soul the testimony of the lord is sure making wise the simple what is it speaking about it's speaking about his perfect word that his perfect word is what changes the soul remember that complete person that person that needs to love god completely how does it get there well it's the mind you say how do we know that well psalm says that his law is what makes us perfect converting the soul it is the attribute it is the avenue that God uses of his perfect word to change us to transform us you say it transforms us it sure does go with me to Romans chapter 12 if you don't know it you might know it by heart if you've been here around church you should know it Romans chapter 12 and verse number two it says the following this is what God's word says and be not conformed to this world but be transformed where do we get transformed by your clothing no by your going to church no by having lots of christian friends no but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god loving god with proper thinking begins with his perfect word tonight young person i ask you how much of his perfect word do you know 
Uh, do, have you even began? Do you know the 66 books of the Bible? Do you know the 39 of the Old Testament and the 27 of the New Testament? You say, uh, Pastor John, is that for my Bible test on Friday? No, it's because God wants to change your thinking and God wants you to love him and love him with proper thinking. And so therefore, it's important for you to know his perfect word. It's important for you to get a verse and write it on a little three-by-five card and have it there next to you and read it and memorize it. It's good that you do it for Bible class for about 30% of you that go to a Christian school. That's wonderful, but there should be more than that. And for those 70% uh, of you that don't go to a Christian school, then it's more important for you to get into God's Word on your own and for you to think and let God's Word saturate your mind because the perfect Word of God is what brings us to proper thinking. It's when we can think properly through his word. His word is what sanctifies us. His word is what converts us. His word is what transforms us. It renews our mind. Tonight, young people, I want to encourage you. Love God with proper thinking through his perfect word. Love God with proper thinking through his persevering spirit. Look with me to Zechariah uh, chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah is a book of the Bible that uh, uh, is kind of hidden in there. And so uh, let's go to Zechariah chapter 4. And it says there in Zechariah, Not by might nor by strength, but by his spirit, saith the Lord. I want to tell you tonight, young person, it is not because of our strength that we're going to be able to love God. It's not because of who we are and what we're surrounded by, but it is by his perfect word, but it's also by his persevering spirit. It is because his spirit abides in us. It is because his spirit makes a difference. You say, Pastor John, how do I get his spirit? Well, this evening, if you can place a date on a calendar, if you can place a date on, on on, on your mind, in your memories of a moment in time when you came to realize that you were a sinner and that you were one breath away from hell, being separated from God, and because of your sin, you could not have a relationship with God. But in the moment, in that moment in time, in that exact date, in that exact place, you turned away from your sin and you came to God and you said, God, I need your forgiveness. Your son died for me. He shed his blood on the cross for me and I accept the forgiveness of my sins through the blood that your son died for me i repent of my sin and i ask you to become my lord and savior in that moment you are what we called saved and in that moment his spirit came to live inside of you and tonight you and i as christians we have the power of his persevering spirit to guide us to being able to love god and to love him through proper thinking because the bible says that his uh his uh, uh spirit will guide us to all truth it is his spirit that will guide us to all truth. And, and, and we talked about his truth is what sanctifies us. We talked about how his truth, his perfect word is what transforms us. But we, we can sit here and read the Bible until we're black and blue in the face, much like the priests of old, much like the Pharisees of, of old that memorized it and had it written on their foreheads and on their chest. But it did them no good because they didn't have the spirit of God living inside of them. And dear friend, tonight you can come to church and you can be part of a, of a youth group Group and you can be part of a church, but that doesn't mean anything if you don't have the spirit, the persevering spirit of God living inside of you. Not by might, but by his spirit. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. You're still with me? I haven't lost you guys. 
You guys are listening well. I'm really proud of you. You guys are doing a great job. We're almost done. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 16, it says this. That he, this is God, would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. You see, how do we love God? We love God with proper thinking. How do we arrive at proper thinking? By his perfect word. How do we understand his perfect word? By his persevering spirit. It is his spirit inside of us that we might by his spirit be strengthened in the inner man. You see, young person tonight, if you're failing in sin and you continue to, to fail in sin, I want to have good news for you. The good news is that his spirit continues to work inside of you. And you know what you need to do is just give more room to his spirit in your life. And as his spirit is growing in your life, in that inner man, then you're going to be able to get victories over certain areas of your life. It's his spirit, his persevering spirit that will bring the victory. It's not by mind. It's not by by might it's by his spirit it's by his spirit he gives us the riches of his glory he gives us the ability to be rooted and grounded in love how how where how it said right there that phrase in verse 16 to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man young person i want to encourage you tonight I want to encourage you to give room to the Spirit of God. You say, how does that happen? Well, it's a very simple thing, okay? Uh, uh, a very simple concept, if you will. It, it, it's the concept of a glass uh, full of air. And, and that full of air represents uh, uh, air is being the sin, being the wickedness of our own spirit, being the wickedness of our, of our own thoughts and our own way of being. And you say, how do I get that air out of that glass? Do I shake it? Do I move it around? Do I put my hand on it? No, there's still, there's still uh, air in there. Even if I put a lid on it, even if I put a sealed lid on it, doesn't matter. There's air inside of there. How do I get that out of there? Well, it is only by getting a water or a liquid and pouring it into that glass that that fills up that glass with something else and then that air is removed. Young person, if you're struggling in your thought, if you're struggling in your spirit, it's because God's spirit's not being poured into you and I want to encourage you because his spirit comes through his truth, through the power of his wonderful, perfect word. And as his perfect word comes into us, his spirit has a tool, has an avenue to work inside of us. How do we gain that victory? How do we get rid of that old way? It's by his spirit that renews and strengthens the inner man so that then we can love God with proper thinking. We love God with proper thinking through his perfect word, through his persevering spirit. Remember a conversation that I had in that parking lot back when it was um, nothing but dirt. So this would, this would have been like probably like 1995, 96. We had moved here, I think, to this church, I want to say like in 94 or something like that, so long before most of y'all were born. Uh, and, uh, and, and I remember being in that parking lot and talking to a friend of mine. And I remember this friend saying this phrase to me, you know, uh, John, I'm just done with church. I'm done with it all. And they went on to describe why they were done with it all. And this was the phrase that they kept using, because I gave God a try and it didn't work. I gave God a try and it didn't work. I wonder how many of you are in that boat here sitting in this seat right now, and you feel the same way. You feel like I gave God a try and it's not working. My problems aren't solved. Things aren't changing inside of me. 
Can I only encourage you to think of that Geico commercial? Can I only encourage you that maybe that's because you're not doing it the right way? Maybe because you have a misunderstanding of how this works. And I want to encourage you tonight to think about loving God with proper thinking through his perfect word. You say, uh, what do you mean by that? Well, this is a person that, that didn't know God's word, that didn't, didn't let the spirit of God abide in them, didn't worship God so that his spirit and their spirit would commune and worship. The Bible says that God inhabits the praise of his name, the worship of his name. You see, his spirit is able to commune with us through worship. But you see, if, uh, man, I meant to do it and I forgot it. Um, who, man, I, I'm, I'm almost tempted to do it. No, I'm not going to stop. Um, um, uh, who is the, the oh, I, I'll just, I'll go the, with the, the ones, that, they're old and I understand that. But if your mind is full of the Taylor Swifts and if your mind is full of all of that stuff that you have on your iTunes playlist and that's what's saturating your mind, you know what? I almost did it, but I, I felt ashamed to do it. I, I could quote you some of the lyrics from the top five songs. Most of them have a little advertising on the side that says E on it. And that is not E for excellent. You know what the E stands for. And I'm telling you that if you're pumping your mind and if you're pumping your spirit and your soul full of that junk and then you expect for God to do a work in you, then I'm telling you, you're doing it the wrong way. You don't understand how any of it works. And I want to encourage you tonight that if you're going to love God properly, there needs to be proper thinking in his perfect word and through his persevering spirit. It is by his spirit we are changed, that we are transformed. His perfect word, his spirit takes his word and it sanctifies us, it transforms us, it redeems us, it saves us. I want to encourage you tonight, young person, because you see, the commandment that we have from Jesus as being the boiling down of everything that God had to say was love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And when it comes to our mind, that is a gathering of proper thinking that's what that word means it means that you gather it it gives a literal a visual thing of gathering all these letters and then putting them in order for all of us ocd fans that's the way we are right everything's got to be in order left to right top to bottom that is the exact thing that, that that's the description that that word mind is giving in the original language it's saying you got to take god's principles and god's word and you got to take god's spirit and you've got to properly put it in order in your life you see if in your your life there are other things that are completely disorganized in your life and if sin is bringing disorder and chaos in your life then it is going to be impossible to truly love God completely in the proper way with proper thinking loving God with proper thinking through his perfect word through his persevering spirit and I thought about we've got about three minutes left I thought about how I, how I wanted to finish this I actually had several last points and I boiled them out and I threw them out. Because I believe that this is something that is so important to this generation to understand. It's important for me to understand as a 39, as my kids frequently remind me, soon to be 40-year-old man. It's important for you to understand at 13, at 15, at 18, at 21, at 25. It's important for all of us to understand. Because I believe that this is the greatest impulse to loving God that there could possibly be. Go with me to Lamentations, or if not, just listen carefully. Lamentations, it comes right before Ezekiel, right before Daniel. And verse, chapter 2 and verse 22 and verse 23. Excuse me, chapter 3, verse 22 and verse 23. Lamentations 3, 22 and 3, 23. 
says this, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I'm going to read that real slow. I want you to just listen real carefully. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Loving God with proper thinking takes his perfect word. It takes his persevering spirit. But I believe the greatest catapult and the most important thing that we miss as a generation, and I'm talking about even sometimes within the church, is this reality that were it not for his patient love, none of us could love God properly. You see, Pastor John, who's been saved since he was 12, so I'm coming up on 38 years of being saved, excuse me, 28 years of being saved, still fails God daily. Daily. And you know your life, and you know that you fail God daily. And despite our desire to have his perfect word and his persevering spirit guiding us, we just fall short. We fall short. But I'm here tonight and I want to finish with this reality. Don't give up. Don't give up. Stay in the fight. You know why? Because we have a God that knew that, knows that, and understands that. And he extends to us his patient love, his patient love. I'm going to finish with 1 John 4.19. Go with me to 1 John 4.19. It's towards the end of the Bible, right before Revelation. 1 John 4.19 says the following. It says this in 1 John 4.19. We love him because he first loved us simple little verse you can put it to memory this very night It'll be your first verse that you begin to let the perfect word of god saturate your mind that one verse first john 4:19 we love him because he first loved us his mercies are new every morning great is thy faithfulness young person i don't know where you are on this journey some of you i've known you since you were before the moment you were born even before you were born some of you i'm barely meeting tonight but can i tell you this that god's known you from the moment you were conceived and that god loves you with an unfailing unimaginable love that you have never experienced and this theme of loving god is merely in response to the reality that God first loved us and that makes all the difference in the world. As I said earlier tonight, he loved us so much that 2,000 years ago, he watched his son get taken to a hill, had Roman soldiers put him down onto a cross and drive nails through his hands and through his feet 
and placed a crown of thorns upon his head. After whipping him mercilessly. And as he hung on that cross, his ribcage crushing his lungs. And in order for him to take one single breath, he had to endure the pain of pressing up on his feet against those nails that were sustaining him in the air. And for one breath, he had to endure that pain. And ultimately, when those Roman soldiers came and smacked his knees out of place to where he could no longer even push up on his legs, he basically suffocated to death. Not because he was a bad person, not because he didn't have enough strength to get off that cross. Because you see, just a few hours before, he had prayed in a garden and he had asked the Father for him to not have to endure what he was about to endure. But then he allowed himself to continue on and he made the choice because he knew there was no way for John Mendoza to ever go to heaven if he didn't endure that cross. And there was no way for you or her or him to go to heaven if he didn't endure that cross. And he so loved you that he was willing to do that for you. His patient love is something else. But you realize that tonight as I tell you about his patient love, his patient love is not forever. His patient love towards mankind lasts as long as the opportunity to turn away from your sin and allow him to become your Lord and Savior exists. And that ex possibility exists as long as there's breath and life in us. That possibility exists as long as we are alive and on this earth. But the moment that death takes place, then that possibility no longer is real. And if we didn't take advantage of that possibility, despite what the Hollywood movies want to say, not all dogs go to heaven, not every person goes to heaven. You make a choice on this earth to receive that love and then to respond to that love. Tonight, every one of us have that reality before us. I wanna encourage you. God has a patient love towards you. He's given his persevering spirit to those that are his children. And he's introduced and given us his perfect word in a language we can understand. Now there's translations that even simplify it even more for us to comprehend and many different ways for us to gather from its learning so that we can properly think as we, as we love him. I want to encourage you tonight. Do you love God? Do you love God with proper thinking? Or are there other thoughts in your mind? Are there other philosophies that have gathered in your heart and in your mind that have guided you to a different way? Have you ever received that patient love in the first place? And is it guiding your life? Let's pray.